tuning in to Cover Zero. We are back this week. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Good. We are going to continue on with our top 10. This week, we will cover safeties. Looking forward to discussing this list with you guys. So let's get right into it. Our number 10 spot goes to Marcus Williams. Jordan, why does he deserve to be in our top 10? Marcus Williams is your quintessential, like deep center field type of safety. He hangs down in like, he hangs towards the back end of your secondary, always is like that last line of defense guy. And he really gives assurance to those players in the secondary that are playing in front of him to where he can roam from one side of the field and his ability to just be able to have an impact on anything deep. But also, when things break into like that first and second level, Marcus Williams is actually a pretty sure tackler. He's not a guy that you're going to have close to the line of scrimmage fighting through run fits and things like that. That's not really his game. So sacks or tackles for losses aren't really what he does. He's more that like insurance policy for everything else that's in front of him. And you only are able to be effective doing that if you're instinctual, if you're fast, and if you have the trust of everybody else that's playing in front of you. And what I'm so glad to see is that like that we all included him somewhere, mentioning him. He, clearly, he's here in our top 10. But when you mention Marcus Williams to a lot of people who don't pay too close attention to the league on you know a week-to-week, year-to-year basis, everyone remembers him for that blunder in Minnesota. That's mostly oh, what people yeah. think about him for, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I mean, it, and it looked bad. Like it's you're gonna if a high school player did that, the coach is on his head, right? So no excuses, but one play does not define a guy's career. And I think the culmination of plays he's made throughout his career is why he is in our top ten best safeties in the league. Yeah, Marcus Williams absolutely deserves to be on this list. And Jordan, you brought up a good point when you brought up that blunder that he had versus Minnesota. What I I think what showed me a lot about him is how he responded his second season after that happened. Because a lot of players, you know, if something Mm -hmm. big or dramatic like that happened in their career, usually they falter uh, big time. And, you know, maybe a team doesn't want to deal with them no more because they see that he's not still all the way there mentally. But he responded really, really well, I I think. You know, he had a really solid season uh, this past season. And it just really showed that, you know, that little play, well, it was a big play, of course, for the Saints organization. Right. But that play, it didn't define him for the rest of his career. And I, you, you can't do nothing but applaud that. But, yeah, Jordan, you brought, you brought up a lot of great points, Jordan. You know, he's really pretty solid for a young safety, pretty solid center fielder, um, always, is, uh, always around the ball, always able to – has pretty good recovery speed to help his DBs if he see his DB get beat. Um, I love his game. You just, like I said, you just gotta love when a guy goes through something like that and didn't let that beat him, and he he beat it, and he uh, he prospered ever since then. Yeah, good point, uh, Henry, on that, and and Jordan, you know, because when you're a young safety like that and you make a critical mistake like that and you miss that that type of tackle, it could really mess up your mindset. It could mess up your confidence, and and it could really mess you up for the next season, you know, and Henry brought up a good point and said that, you know, he bounced back. He did. He bounced back the following the next season. Last season had a good season. Um, And with him being young and him getting past that, it looks like for the most part, uh, you know, his ceiling, he still has a high ceiling, you know, and um, I think he's one of those guys too, that you don't really 
talk much about when you think about the Saints. You know, you'll bring up the Marshawn Lattimore's first. You'll bring – I'm talking about on defense. You'll bring up the, the Cameron Jordans and whatnot. But he is – he's a stud, you know, and he deserved to be on this list. Um, I think part of the, the – and I only really want to get back on his missed tackle, but one of the reasons why I think, you know, that happened is because of the way he kind of tackles. He kind of liked to throw his shoulder with his tackles and whatnot and his, his body. I think, you know, if he could really work on that, that would help him in the long run. But other than that, man, yeah, you guys brought up all the good points, you know, and he definitely deserved to be on this list. Uh, Jordan brought up a good point saying that he's, you know, he's a, he's a, I'm not, not trying to disrespect all the safeties out there, but he's a true free safety. I mean, he stays down, he stays downfield a lot. You know, he's down there a lot. He puts himself in good position to make plays downfield, um, which allows him to make the, the easy interception. And he's really consistent. You know, he's only missed a few games in the last three years. So yeah, he's, he's solid, man. He definitely deserved to be on this list. I'm glad we got him up here. I agree with everything you guys said. Um, we discuss on this show the mental aspect of the game and mental toughness a lot. And I think that exactly like you guys said, that play and his comeback show that although he's young, he still has a strong mental to overcome that block it out because mental blocks are real. We have probably all experienced them. Um, for him to overcome that shows how strong his mentals are for me. So I'm glad he was able to get past it for sure. So let's move on to our number nine spot. We have Devin McCourty and Henry. Why does he make our top 10? You know, when you're a safety for Belichick's defense, you're required to do a lot and you're asked of a lot. And he performs it to a T for Belichick. You know, this past season, um, Five interceptions, which is very, very solid for for safety uh, in, mm -hmm. in today's passing league. But I just love his game. Ever since when he came out of you know Rutgers with his brother, he's always, um, you know, he's not that he's not like a, one of those big safeties, but he makes key tackles. I know when we played him, he had a couple of key tackles when when I thought we we're probably going to be breaking for a touchdown, and he hogged down Mark Ingram or he hogged down um, Lamar Jackson. But he's very, very. I think one of his underrated traits of his game is him in the run game. You know, a lot of people think of him more of as, you know, always like being a ball hawking, but he, he's actually pretty solid. He's a really pretty solid tackler. So for him to – he definitely has to deserve to be on this list. I just love the way he goes about the game. He's his really high IQ. Like I said, you're going to be playing in Belichick, Belichick's defense. So right. we all know what Belichick's specialty is. It's the defensive side of the ball. So for him to – for, for Belichick to always depend on him to make sure he makes the right calls and the right reads on, on defense for Belichick, that, that really says a lot. So absolutely deserves to be on this top 10 list. Yeah, I want to add to that, man. That's my main point is his high IQ, man. Mm -hmm. He has really high IQ. And he and when you're playing, like Henry said, for Bill Belichick's defense, that's what you need. You have to be smart on defense, and that's that's what he is. He's been playing in the league since 2010. He's been pretty consistent. He's well, he's well prepared. He doesn't, and what, what I mean by high IQ is he doesn't, if you go back and watch his tape, you know, he doesn't fall for a lot of those play action plays. He's normally where he needs to be. He normally gets the back end set up nicely. Um, I was watching some of his tape against uh, um, Travis Kelsey and whatnot. He did a pretty solid job versus Travis. You know, Travis is, you know, when, when you're that much of a stud, you're still going to get your touches and whatnot in your yards, but he was right there with him, man, and, and made some real key tackles 
uh, versus the Chiefs when they played them, man. So, yeah, his high IQ is what I noticed the most out of him. Um, you know, I, I think what's really – I was watching his tape versus, um, versus the Dolphins, and it was a – and that game – Although the Dolphins really wasn't that good last year, and we got to see we got to see um, Brian Flores kind of turn the team around, kind of towards the end of the season they start to turn around, and, and we're expecting them to be pretty good this year. But you know, Brian Flores was an assistant coach for at one point in time for um, McCourty, and McCourty held his own. Man, he didn't fall for anything, and you would think, you know, as a head coach or assistant coach, if you're coaching a player, you know, you know their weaknesses, and if you go back and watch some of that tape. You know, he played lights out versus, versus that offense and whatnot. He didn't fall for no, for no for no type of play action or anything like that. Um, you know, so that that that's really impressive. And then I really think too, his his slot, the way he covers the slot is pretty underrated. I think he's pretty solid in the slot too. And not too many of the safeties in this list are as good as him in the slot. So yeah, he definitely deserved to be on this list. I think I had him a little bit higher than everybody on here. I think mm -hmm. I probably had him about seventh or sixth, somewhere around there. I really respect his game, man, you know, and he's one of those players too. We always say, well, Bill Belichick is the guy there. So if he left that team, who knows how good he really would be. I think he's one of those players that would be the same type of player, you know, anywhere else on any other team. When you have that high IQ and you could pick up what the coaches is trying to tell you and you're in the study room and you're learning all this stuff, then you can do it anywhere else. So shout out to Devin McCourty. He definitely deserved to be on this list. Yeah, you guys brought up great points with his game being very, very disciplined, having a high IQ. And Henry, like you said, in the, he's a very good tackler in the open field, which he really is. And, and if you aren't that person, you're definitely not going to be on a Bill Belichick defense for a decade, which he has been. And what you alluded to, Josiah, with his ability to cover in the slot, he was a corner his first three years in the NFL, and then Belichick flipped him to safety and brought that 4-3-8 speed into the deep part of his secondary and allowed him to use that range and be able to read and react. And when he does find himself in man coverage, which the Patriots, at least over the last three years, have been right. the most man coverage-oriented secondary in the entire NFL, Right. He's playing man coverage, but a lot of times they like to play. We all know they do the, I mean, shout out to our name, Cover Zero. They run that Cover Zero blitz a lot. That's the one that had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, right? <laughs> right, right, right. right. And he's he's manned up on anyone from a slot receiver to a tight end to a tailback on any given play when they do run that. And then when they jump into Cover One, he's that one deep safety providing help to whatever the leak may be or wherever Belichick may have him designate, designate the strength to at that particular time. And the only area of his game, and this isn't really necessarily a knock because he's not asked to do it and not just because of his the time he spends at free safety, but because he's a smaller guy, if you can get him around the line of scrimmage and have him have to work within his run fits, not many free safeties are really going to excel at that, and he really doesn't, but... You don't need to ever ask him to do that. You don't need to rely on him to do that because he's so exceptional in so many other phases of what makes a good safety that there's a reason this guy's been on what we consider the best coaches defense for a decade and glad he's on our top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Good points, guys. I agree with all of that. Let's move on to our number eight spot. We have Anthony Harris. Josiah, why does he deserve to be in our top 10? Anthony Harris, man, he's an underrated safety. You know, he's he's pretty underrated. I think when you talk about, I think we, me and Jordan, 
and you, Brandy, I think when we ended the show last week, we talked about the, the, the top tandems of safeties. I know Jordan said he knew a guy. I think he said what the Seattle, I think he said Seattle. I don't know. He said somebody, but at the time, you know, uh, the guy he was talking about didn't really do his research on none of the other teams and whatnot. And when you look at the Vikings, they might have that tandem. Obviously, with a guy that we're going to be bringing up later, and Anthony Harris. Um, but he's he's solid, man. He deserved to be on this on this list uh, when he plays in the box. He knows his assignments. You know, he knows what to do. He plays the run, I think, real well. He also plays well in 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 the playoffs. You know, he mm-hmm. just came up with some plays throughout the throughout the playoffs and whatnot in his career. He's really good sideline to sideline, uh, and you don't really say that too much with safeties. You normally say that with linebackers, you know. So when you're able to run sideline to sideline, make sure if you're if you're if your teammate is not there where he needs to be, he's right there to make that tackle on the other end. So, and um, I'm not sure he how many interceptions did he have last year? Six. He had six. Yeah, yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah. So let the league in interceptions. So you got to give it to him, man. Uh, he definitely deserved to be on this list. I wish we would have grabbed him, you know, before they put that tag on him. But, you know, he's in the right spot. We know Zimmer is going to do what he needs to do. So, yeah, definitely deserved to be on this list. Yeah, Anthony Harris deserves to be on this list. Just saw you brought up a lot of great points. Yeah, he definitely 100% is underrated. It's like a lot of people really don't know who he is, maybe because he's getting overshadowed by that other safety that plays on the team. Yep. But, yep. Um, you know, according to, according to PFF, he uh he led all safeties with coverage raid with a ninety one point six, which is very impressive. So for yeah. for for a safety to do that, you know, and like I said, we always talk about how this is a a passing league now, and these safeties are guarding these really big, crazy, athletic tight ends. You know what I mean with the Kittles of the world and the and the you know Mark Andrews and all those guys. So it's it's very impressive when you see a a safety with that type of coverage grade. So, but you know, you see a if you see a tip pass, he's usually always there to get that interception. Um, you see a, a fumble, he's a, he's right there to pick up the uh, pick up the fumble. He's always around the ball, which just shows his just shows his football IQ. Just shows that he bees in the field room and doing what he's supposed to do because he knows uh, where the play is going to be going. So, mm-hmm. definitely loved his game. Absolutely deserves to be on the list. And then you doing stuff like that for Mike Zimmer's defense, which of course everybody knows his specialty is the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you're you're yeah. definitely gonna. Zimmer definitely knows how to put him in the right place to get the best out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And as you alluded to, Henry, his coverage grade over the last two years has been among the tops according to PFFs for the safety position. And the guy is it, Zimmer runs a lot of quarters coverage. They can go into split safety looks, and as you mentioned, the other safety there that everyone knows is somewhere on this countdown. The way they're able to like toy with the quarterback and having Harris there is the guy who can either function as your deep center fielder or drop in and play that robber, which he did very well last year is where you drop into the intermediate portion of the defense, take away crossing routes, take away seams going up the middle from the slot or the tight end position. Harris is very good at that, and he has really underrated ability to high point the ball. That's something that they coach a lot of receivers on going. It was like high point the ball, go up and get it. And Harris as a safety, I would I would guess just looking at how natural he is at doing that, that he spent some time when he was younger playing wide receiver. He's got the body type, 6'1", 200 pounds, running in the four fives when he came out of Virginia. And ever since he's got legitimate starting position on that team, which started in 2018, he's really proved his value and just – 
absolutely shining over the last couple of years. And on top of not only having those six picks to lead the NFL, he also had 11 passes defenses. And I mean, that's just when you're back there in 14 games of the regular season and you can make that happen. And then also, like you said, Josiah, show up in the playoffs and again, high point that deep ball and go up and get it and take it over from one of the most high powered offenses in the league. I'm very glad we had him on this count. And I think it was either Brandy or myself who had him the highest. I know I had him at six. Did you have him higher, Brandy? I think I might have. Yeah, I think I, did I have him at five? Yeah, you had him I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's he's tremendous though. And I just I just with with having him there on that Zimmer defense, just another piece of it. And he's gonna continue to excel there. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I had him high on my list based on that, actually. I just see him increasing from the previous season and just doing more than he already did. Um so I was like can I put him lower? Like, do I put him lower? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think I can. Like in my head, I kept going back and forth and I was like, mm, no, I'm going to go with my gut instinct. So right, you brought up a good point just to touch on mm-hmm. it. You know, you're right. He probably is going to play, you know, hopefully the season, everything goes as planned, but he's probably going to go harder this season because he's on that tag. He wants that. Long right. Contract. He has he's more to play gonna... for and he was already playing hard. So. Right. Right. Good point. I just. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So let's move on to our number seven. We have Minka Fitzpatrick and Jordan. Why does he deserve to be in our top 10? Minka really found his stride when he arrived in Pittsburgh last year. When he was with Miami, his first season, he had he had he had an up and down experience that first year in Miami. And even during week one of last year, I know Henry, you guys were getting him lined up on Hollywood in the slot and yeah, Hollywood killed him. Just torched yeah. him. You know, I mean, I had him on my top ten. I had him, I think actually right where we collectively had him land here. I had him at seventh, eighth area. And last season there was an argument that he is one of the top three safeties in the NFL. His 2019 campaign certainly landed him an all-pro nod. And I can't say he was not deserving of that because when he did arrive in Pittsburgh, it did transform their defense very much so. He had that huge play against the Colts, which was like a 96-yard interception to the house. And they were really out of position defensively as a secondary before he got there. And what Minka excels at so much is his ability to pattern match as a safety. And in today's NFL, when teams run zone, they're either running like your traditional spot drop zone. Like this is your area. You don't leave that area. Or you run a pattern match with this. This is your area. And as soon as someone comes into this area, you now man coverage on this guy, no matter where he goes. And Minka's ability to figure out which person to hang with that runs into his zone or which person to maybe pass off based on the concept that's being thrown at him by the offense is so, so, so good. And I think that's really what got garnered him the nickname when he was at Alabama as Nick Saban's son. That's what they were calling him down there in Tuscaloosa. And the dude was drafted the same year that another safety on this list is, and he went very high. And I think Miami just sticking him down there as particularly a slot corner more than just a safety who can roam use those pattern matching instincts and be able to read and react. That was really kind of shutting him out. But 
if he has another season like he did in 2019, he's going to ascend and continue to climb on this list. And he was such a game changer for that defense in Pittsburgh and really loved seeing what he did last year. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, oh, go ahead. And- yeah, Jordan, you brought up some some good points. You know, you brought up his time at Alabama. You know, it's crazy. When he was at Alabama, I think he probably played every single position in the secondary. Yep. Played inside, played outside. He used to play strong. He played free, and he excelled at every single one of them, which says a lot because defensive backs for Nick Saban is like pretty much like his babies. He pays attention to that uh, particular group more than, you know, wide receivers, running back, et cetera. So when you excel for Nick Saban and you know the defensive backfield and the defensive backs, that says a lot. But let's talk about his his NFL game. Yeah, since he you know in Miami, you know it seems like they wasn't using him the right way. You know I thought you know when they hired Brian Flores, you know it'll be different. But I don't know maybe things just didn't mesh out or whatever. You know he did request that trade. But yeah, since he became a Pittsburgh Steeler, he has been um, he has been absolutely a difference maker. For that defense, yes. he, you know, had some lot of key interceptions. He actually won some – I'll maybe say he maybe won about two games for them. You know, if it wasn't for the plays that he made, you know, they wouldn't have mm-hmm. won those games. So he has been a key contributor since uh, being acquired by the Pittsburgh Steelers when they traded that first-round pick for him. And, and so far, you know, we can't – the first-round pick has been justified for how good he's been playing for mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. But like I said, he's so versatile – um, and that secondary can literally play any position in the secondary. Um, great IQ, really, really good in the run game. I, I don't know if you guys remember that um, when they played the Steelers, he was actually they had him spying Kyler Murray sometimes, and he actually did a really, really good job on a uh, Kyler yeah. Murray. Yeah, uh, just, I know what. Yeah, <laughs> it, was on, it was like a key, like, like a key down. Yeah, it was like a key down for one of the difference makers. Like oh, exactly for them to to win the game. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I remember I, that. Yeah, I definitely like, you know, Mika, of course, you know, hey, we're going to have to play him twice a year. I'm cool with it. But, yeah, uh, definitely deserves to be on this list. I think, honestly, I think next year he's going to be in the top five, I do. He's going to be higher. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, Not to cut you off, Henry, I I just – I was thinking about that same play that you was talking about, and I think that goes in credit to his uh, positioning. Um, He's really good with putting himself in the right position to make the tackle. That play that you're talking about – and Kyler Murray is a pretty fast QB, you know, um, he can move. He's he can move, you know. And so there was a play where he kind of he he he. I don't know. I can't remember. If it was a play action or what. But he tried to he tried to throw the ball. He couldn't see anything, and he thought he was going to get past Minka. Minka was right there to make the tackle. And it was just him and Minka, you know. So for him to be there, and you know, he's a bigger player. You know, Kyler, Kyler could move. He's you know he he he's probably a little bit better with his feet because of the position that he plays. But for Minka to be there and to be able to make that that strong tackle right there at the goal line with all the pressure on him one on one was pretty impressive. So yeah, I know exactly what what play you're talking about. You know, and it's crazy with Miami. We talk about certain players now going into Miami a little bit. We talk about certain players where they just don't fit well with other teams. You know, right. sometimes they need to move. Sometimes they need to go to another staff or another you know head coach or another assistant coach, whatever it may be, to really put them in the right position to succeed. And that's what the Steelers did, man. I mean, when he went to the Steelers, the Steelers' defense was just a lot better. They wasn't biting on the play action. You go back and watch some of that Steelers tape, they wasn't biting on the play action. They wasn't, you know, the DB seemed to be more in play. And this goes into his high IQ, which Henry alluded. He's another guy that has IQ on this, on this list. But he puts his players in position. And that was impressive. You know, you're going to a new team. You're going to, 
you know, a pretty strong organization and you're still a young player, fairly young, and to go down there and to be able to really fix that back end was really, really impressive, man. So he definitely deserved to be on this list. Um, I wouldn't, I think, you know, when we were talking about the, I, I know I th- uh, threw some safeties out there at Jordan when we were talking about the, about talking about the, uh, in the, the safeties in the chat, he was one of the guys I threw up there. And I thought, I was like, man, you know, I'll probably have him like, six or fifth somewhere around there but you know you go back and you watch more tape you watch more tape you know mm-hmm. and i think if he continue to do what he did last year you know for the steelers this year he definitely will be hired at least on my list you know i i think ultimately i had him seventh which is not bad so you know if 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 he continue to play the way he played last year he'll definitely move up Good points, guys. Um, I would agree with his spot moving. Um, for me, placing him was kind of hard because of that very reason. I was like, he should be higher, but there's so many different factors to take in place. And then looking at the other people that I had on the list, it was, you know, kind of difficult for me on that one. Um, let's move to our number six spot. We have Tyron Matthew and Henry. Why does he deserve a spot on our top 10? You know, to this day, I think Tyron Matthew, um, I I will put him up there with Charles Woodson as far as like one of the best seasons we ever seen from a college defensive back player. Mm -hmm. He was at LSU. I mean, every week he was literally – Putting up some highlights, like plays that you'd be like, wow, like it's, it's crazy until he, you know, couldn't stay, uh, you know, off trouble and, you know, got kicked off the team or whatnot. But since entering the NFL, when he got drafted uh, by Arizona, he's been an impactful player. Um, make, make key turnovers, make key stops. You know, for a smaller guy, you would think, like, you know, when he's going up playing coverage against these tight ends, you would think that dude was like 6'4". You really would. But he's what what five ten maybe five nine one of the short you know shorter yeah uh, shortest dude on the list right so and he I promise you you would think he's six foot five because he really plays really big um, he probably I think he's probably one the probably on this list probably the best safety that um, knows how to force fumbles uh, great great strip of the of the football I love how he always. You know, if he sees a gang tackle, he's always trying to go for the ball to rip the ball out. I love that about him. He, you know, got the nickname Honey Badger, and it really fits him perfectly. I love how, you know, when he got to Kansas City, pretty much as soon as he got there, became one of those leaders on that defense. Obviously, they needed it, you know, from from the defense, how they haven't been too, too good. But, you know, he gave them gave them some swagger, and and I can respect that. So, since he got the KC, you know, he been, you know, was, got to Arizona. Then he was on the Texans. Then he was on KC. I think every team that he's been on, he's made an impact, and his impact has been felt by that team and by the opponents that he's been playing against. So definitely has to be on this list. I love how he always uh, holds uh, other people on the team accountable, including himself. You got to love that from a leader on the defense. And you see his, his presence was felt also in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Tyron got to be on this list. 
Yeah, Tyron Matthew, man, I'm a little, I'm a little biased because I was, I was high on him coming out of LSU, but he definitely deserved to be on this list. Like Henry brought up, he's a, is he the smallest? I, don't, I know he's small. I don't know. If yeah, he's, the, smallest, he's the only one small. on our list. Five nine, one eighty five. McCourty, like an inch and ten pounds on him. A little bit more. Okay, so yeah, the smallest safety, and I think that's why he plays as tough as he does, man. I mean, he's he is one of the toughest safeties uh, in the league, and and definitely on this list. Um. One thing you don't really talk about with safeties when they're going, when they're playing in the box and they have to take on them blocks and whatnot, he can take blocks pretty well. There was this play where they were um, they were playing the 49ers, and Kittle just – I mean, he ran from – Tyron ran from one side to the other to make the tackle, and Kittle came and blocked. And I think it was a run play, and Kittle came and made this, this – I mean, like this diving block, and it literally looked like he was going to take out Tyron Matthews' legs. And Matthew stayed; he still stayed on his on his feet. It's crazy because when you look at it, it looked like he was just about to fold. You know, but he stayed on his feet. You know, I think he helped with the tackle and whatnot. So he's really tough. He could take. He's he's physical. He's a shit talker too, which I love. You know, that's one thing about you know certain positions. I feel like you got to have that edge, and he has that edge. He was always like that. He was, he was like that LSU. He's a solid tackler. Uh, he has a great he has great speed to the ball, and he also shows patience at times too. You know, he has great instincts. Um, he when they played uh, when they played Tennessee, he was he was all over Derrick Henry, and you you know how big Derrick Henry is, you know. So he made some some pretty good tackles uh, versus Derrick Henry as well. So he definitely deserved to be on this list. I had him a little bit higher. I think I had him fifth. You know, or, or do we have him fifth here? Is it fifth now? No. Well, anyway, he, I, no, he's he six. Okay, so I had him a little bit higher. I had him fifth, almost fell exactly where I kind of wanted him to be. But yeah, he definitely deserved to be on this list, man. Tyron is, I think everyone who's played football, there's always that one guy on the team, that little dude who got the short man complex that just loves cracking heads. And he don't care what he got to do to his body to make it happen, he does. And every single dude who has been that guy sees Tyron Matthew, and that's like the quintessential version of that type of mentality. And like you said, Henry, that's how he got that nickname, the Honey Badger. And I think 2019 was his second best year, his second best season in the NFL. His 2015 season that he put together with Arizona was arguably at that one single season, probably the best defensive back in the league that just that particular year in 2015. But last year he made us his second all pro for his career uh, as a, as like just that DB position. And primarily because we have him in our safety countdown. That's what he is. But last year, he spent 561 snaps as a slot cornerback, which is more than anyone else on this countdown. And that's including playoffs and onto the Super Bowl. That's more than double the snap count than he spent last year as a free safety, only 205 as a free safety and 388 snaps while in the box. And like you said, Josiah, when he's in that, like he's so little, when he does get in run fits over the course of like seasons, it's, it cannot, it can look very bad in a lot of plays, especially if you get those tackles going down, downhill on him. He's just, I mean, you're talking about like 200 pound, not 200 pounds, but like 150, 140 pound difference and just so much size. And you don't expect those guys to be able to take him on ever. You just expect it to be a win every single time. But every now and then, Matthew will best those dudes one way or another. And it's it's pretty cool to see when it does happen because there should be no way that someone who's not even 190 pounds can take on those 310, 320-pound behemoths running straight at him. But he holds his own a lot more than just about anyone his size would. And I just love his versatility. 
And he's not the guy in coverage that he once was because of his, no. the injuries that he's had over time. But he still is someone that is that's on a defense that with him there last year and his play last year, you really honestly take him and Chris Jones away from that Chiefs defense. I don't even know if they're going to be able to stop anybody ever because those two dudes are really what made it go. Chris on the front and then Tyron at both the deep level and the second level just made yeah. things happen a lot. And uh, glad to see that when he was drafted, he had those issues with weed that he kept getting caught with and slid to the third round. And then since then, he's really carved out a nice career for himself and was really glad to see him get a Super Bowl last season too. I would agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I'd like to add, I love, love, love the energy he brings to the field. He brings energy for his defense, his teammates. He even kind of brings energy to the other squad when they're like, oh, gosh, here he is again. You know what I mean? Like, it's, everyone mm -hmm. has to kind of step it up and just play to his level of intensity. And I, I love that. That's nothing but respect there. So let's move on to our number five spot. We have Kevin Byard and Josiah. Why does he deserve to be in our top ten? Overrated. I <laughs> I, I can't, I can't wait either. either. <laughs> All right. Well, you see how you see how I didn't start with you, Henry, because I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Rated. So let me. I can't wait till he get on. But now, nah, Kevin Byer, man, he definitely deserved to be on this list. No, he um, he's really, he's really good at shed blocks. He's really good at shed blocks. He can shed blocks pretty well um, when he's trying to make the tackle, which we just talked about, Tyron Matthew doing so you know he's really good at that as well he led the league a couple years ago in interceptions or whatnot the whole 17 you know and I don't know what video you're talking about if you're talking about that YouTube video 14 of those interceptions came off him making the play so I don't know what exactly video you're talking about them set but most of them interceptions came off him not really making the play just drop passes the couple that were drop passes or from the wide receiver not catching the ball was from your team so maybe that's what you mean by that. And I know they did. They beat y'all in the playoffs as well. So maybe. I ain't got nothing like to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. So, oh, we don't see. I cannot wait until you get on. But I thought he played well, too, in the playoffs. You know, going back to, to Baltimore, you know, LJ's not one to throw interceptions. You know, I think he only had about six in the regular season. And then he had a couple in the playoffs. And, you know, Kevin Bayard was one of the guys that was able to make that, to, to, to make one of those interceptions. He's great at recognizing play design, offensive play designs. I think that's what makes him – that's what puts him in the position to get the interceptions, you know, that, that he's normally getting. Um, you know, and, yeah, man, he, he's a complete tackler as well. You know, you don't say that too much about, you know, when you say complete tackler, you know, you probably ask that what you mean by that is sometimes you see defenders, corners, safeties, you know, linebackers, they'll get there to the ball. They'll, they'll, they'll put their hands they'll, – they'll grab the jersey, grab the foot or whatever, but sometimes you see the player – still come they, they get out the tackle and still get yards and I know you know we we've had that issue with some of our DBs in the past and even last year Kevin Bayard is not one of those players you know if he gets his hands on you he's taking you down so uh he definitely deserved to be on this list I can't wait to hear what my dog is about to say about him but you're wrong on this one why are you overrated <laughs> are you, you're, I'm about to let Henry go I don't see how y'all 
I don't see how he can be how y'all think he's better than Earl Thomas. I don't see how he's better than uh, Eddie Jackson. I don't see how he's better than Trey Boston over there with the Panthers. It really makes no sense to me. I feel like he is so overrated. He is not good to me at all. And this ain't got nothing to do with the playoffs off. You know, I honestly think that bring it bring it player. Huh? Bring your point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I honestly think that loss has to do with uh, Derrick Henry. I, I don't blame nothing of it on Kevin Byard. Yeah, he made the you know the interception on the tip pass, right. but I feel like a lot of times he bees out of position on on key uh, like play action. I feel like he bites a lot on play action. I feel like that when uh, DBs do need his help, I feel like he's not there in time en- enough. I just feel like he's just. I brought the whole, the whole little interceptions when when he uh, is off the tip passes. I just don't think that he's like I said. I don't think, yeah, but if you go back and watch that tape, I don't think he's better than Eddie uh, Eddie Jackson. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't at all. Eddie, I feel like okay. Eddie Jackson makes more of an impact on his team than uh, Kevin Byard makes on on the Titans. I I really do. Okay, I'll go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. I got a couple points I want to bring up too. Go, go ahead. This so we referenced Henry. You referenced the coverage grade for Anthony Harris from PFF last year being number one. Guess who was number one in run defense out of safeties according to PFF? Number one was Kevin Byard. Not only was he number one in terms of run defense grade from them, we can leave PFF to decide just for now on that one. But we can look over the last three seasons alone, and no other safety has more interceptions than him. Sure, maybe a couple came on a tip pass, but there's no way you get 17 in three years based on all tip passes. There's also also no way you have 33 pass defenses over the last three years that are all the result of somebody else, or you have multiple fumble recoveries yourself. There's also no way that over the last three years you have double-digit tackles for losses while also being this guy who's a ball hawk. I really don't see... How you could say this guy is trash when he's doing all of these things, when he's making so many plays, when he's got all pros to his credit, he's got Pro Bowls to his credit, when he is, yeah, he's not known by a lot of people in the NFL. He's not at all. And that's no fault of Kevin Byard. But this dude can play in the box. This dude plays very well as a free safety Spent 384 snaps in the box and then spent over 691 at free safety going into the postseason. I think half the time he's been there. And the guy, as a rookie, made the All-Pro team and was on the list for Defensive Player of the Year when he did it. This dude is... Hey, he's not as complete as the elite guys that we have in our top three. He's not that complete. I don't think he's complete as the other guy who's number four ahead of him. But Kevin Byard is a, is like the first like do it in the run, do it in the run fit, do it in coverage type of safety that we got here. And the exotic look that they get on defense over there in Tennessee with him being able to execute based on whatever asking him, Kevin Byard is a legit difference maker in the secondary. He really is. And at five, oh. it's a good spot for him. My fault, bro. I know I kept, you know, cutting you off a little bit. My fault. I wasn't trying to. I just was wanted to ask, how is he biting on plays? And he got the interceptions that he has. You don't bite on plays, play, especially play action plays, and not getting the, the interceptions that he, he was second that's, in the interception. That's, that's, that's very true. But also, like I said, and also on some key plays where passes get over him, those would be the plays that he's bitten on. So it's like kind of like a 50-50 thing, and it's too much 50-50 for me. 
So when we talk about that video, what are you talking about that video on YouTube? No. What video are you talking about where it's 17 interceptions? Because there's a bit, there's literally when you said that, I'm like, okay, let me go watch his tape. And when I watch, and I was already watching tape on him. I, didn't I, watch, to see I, I didn't watch no type of video on YouTube. The only thing I watched from hard was from uh, just the, 22. The 22. Yeah. Okay. So that's all I was watching. But when you said that, it made me think there was a video out there with just his all his interceptions. Well, guess what? There's one, there's a video on YouTube with all 17 of his interceptions. Now, if you go back and watch those interceptions, most of them, I counted about 14 of them, is all him making the play on the ball. Literally. I, I, I'll, I'll send you the video in the chat. There's a couple of them. And this is why I really thought you watched the video. Because there was a couple plays where he did get some interceptions off off, off, off the wide receiver dropping yeah, the ball. Yeah. They were against, right, but they were against the Ravens. So I was like, okay, maybe he's saying that this versus the Ravens or whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, but I just wanted to ask that. Like, like I said, I don't think he's better than Eddie Jackson. I don't think he's better than Earl. I, I really don't. So, Henry, where do you rank him? I don't, I got him like 14. 15. Oh, my God. You know how big of a fan I am of Earl Thomas. Wow. You know how big of a fan, but Earl Thomas slipped last year. He did. His why, why, why he slipped? Why, why he slipped? Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. Look the way I mean. You just go back and watch his all twenty-two, and I, I'm a he, he's one of my favorite players in the league, top three or four. Even even with him slipping, it's just when I think about and I had him, I I kind of had him tenth at one point. You guys seen my, you know, I ultimately went with Marcus Williams just because I think his ceiling is higher. I think he might end up having a better season next year. But Earl Thomas is a dog. When you talk about his career stats and things like that, he's done well. But if you talk about the last three years, his injuries and how his stats look. I'm just saying. Stats, you know stats what I mean? Doesn't show, I sometimes stats doesn't show everything. They don't. You got to watch his tape. I brought up his tape as well. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He's not. He's not the same player. And what worried me the most, which is a one thing I'm gonna bring up one about uh, one thing I'm gonna bring up about one of the other players that's coming up is his injuries. You know, over the last three years, you know, he hasn't been that that healthy. He was he was pretty healthy last year. You know, but he wasn't the same Earl Thomas. You know, so and I don't got to bring up that Derrick Henry play. I ain't gonna bring that up. You just go back and watch his all twenty-two. He wasn't the exact. You can't say he's the exact. He was the Earl Thomas from last year. Yeah, he was a different Earl. And Eddie Jackson. That's interesting when you brought up because I wanted Eddie Jackson to be somewhere in this countdown. Eddie Jackson in twenty eighteen was like the master. Like that, he took that what was Earl Thomas's center fielder. Don't mess with this dude type of guy. He took that role in just twenty eighteen and was exceptional at it. But then some of what, maybe it was some of what Fangio did when he took over that defense in Chicago. Eddie Jackson had a very down year last year. Very yeah, down year last year. He was not the same guy, right? And Bayard, regardless, has always had very, very solid seasons showing and very, very exceptional play at both the run and against the pass. I just don't see a universe how, like, he's not top 10. I just, I don't, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Try it, Josiah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Um, so let's move to our number four position. We have Justin Simmons. Jordan, why does he deserve to be in our top 10? Justin Simmons last year just was so exceptional in multiple phases. And I think with all these guys, we're going to probably say that with at least who's left here. But Justin Simmons from like a coverage perspective last season he could play down low 
play against play against man, play zone. He had this one play in particular that I watched in the All-22, which was going against the Bears. And believe it or not, Mitch did his thing, and so did Tariq Cohen on this deep over route. They got behind Simmons, and he was literally beat like upon the break. He was beat. And Trubisky saw it and launched that ball. And the closing speed that Simmons displayed on this play was just, it was unreal. I was like, oh, he's torched. But then as soon as the ball arrives, so does Simmons. And he got his hand on it and and made a stop. It was just, it was absolutely incredible. And he's probably, I want to say, there's only one other safety on here that can match him in terms of his length. And coming out of Boston College, he only ran in the, like the four or six range. But there's just, he has this ability to, when it's time to close, he needs to. And he's a dude that you really don't see out of position at all. His size allows him to function within run fits to be able to make tackles. And last season, Simmons had, in terms of like, if you total up force fumbles, pass breakups, and interceptions, he had the most of the, of the collective sum out of those three than any other safety did in the NFL. And he finished the regular season as the highest graded safety, according to PFF. Anthony Harris was able to best that grade once the playoffs started and you attach the playoffs to it. So, yeah, right. Justin Simmons, man, he is he he's going to really unlock that Denver defense and those players in front of him. And I think once they get other guys back healthy and things like that. They'll be able to really you'll be able to really see his value. And I'm glad we got him in the top 5 collectively. Mm-hmm. Look, man, I, you know, I I I I'm not glad that he's in the top 5 cuz he's a Denver player, but I got to keep it That's real. The only man. He is I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. But, <laughs> but I mean, he definitely deserved to be on this list, man. You cannot talk about top safeties and not have him on this list. I might have had him, I think well, Henry, I think, had him maybe higher. Maybe I had him high. I had him pretty high. I had him high. Um, yeah, I had him third. You might have had him. I had him third. I, I had him fourth. I had him third as well. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we all had him pretty pretty high, you know, and that says a lot, you know, and what I'm about to say about him is, is, is you know, uh, says a lot, you know, being a Denver player and whatnot. But, Jordan, you brought up a good point and talked about his length. I agree 100% on that. He eats up a lot of space, and I think that's probably probably because of his length. Um, between him and the ball carrier, you know, he seems to always be in position. And I said that about a couple of safeties. He might be the best one when you talk about putting himself in position or the coach, however you want to, however you want to say it. He had sticky coverage. You know, I was, I was seeing some on, and this is according to PFF, out of all the safeties that have taken more than 200 snaps, Simmons has the highest receiving grade as far as coverage at 90.5. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's pretty impressive, man. That's that's pretty impressive. We see the division that he that he plays in. We know, you know, Phillip Rivers had a down year. But, you know, when you talk about Patrick Mahomes and you talk about Phillip Rivers, you know, and then there's times where Derek Carr, he's throw the ball deep and whatnot. He could throw the ball when he needs to. You know, that's pretty impressive saying that he's been able to do that in that division. Uh, great, great awareness. And he also has really good timing. You know, I think he has some of the best timing as far as knowing when to make his tackle, how to attack the ball carrier, whether it's the uh, whether it's in the box versus the running back or, you know, wide receiver or a tight end. But yeah, man, he definitely, definitely deserved to be on this uh on this list, man. So shout out to Justin Simmons, man, and y'all different fans <laughs> out there. Right. <laughs> I think Justin Simmons is probably my favorite safety in the league, to be honest with you. I, I just love uh, the way he plays, you know, Jordan, you brought up his 40 time and, you know, four, six, of course, you know, for safety, that's not 
great, but it's not super bad either. But you brought up also how fast he got to, you know, when he's breaking up plays or making interceptions or whatever the case may be. And I think that just shows his play recognition is really, really high. So mm-hmm. you know, when you're able to, when you're when you know what you're doing and you know what you're seeing, you're able to play way faster, of course. So that just shows his football IQ. That just shows that he's always in the film room. I really do believe he's probably going to be top three, maybe even top two safety. I really have high potential. When you watch, just if you're watching the over uh, Denver Broncos defense film, he pops out so much. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, you know, that defense got some good players. You know, you got Von Miller. You got Chubb when he's over there and healthy. Uh, when, when he's uh, healthy, you know, he just got hurt this, this year. But Justin pops off the field a lot. Great in the run game. I love, you know, he's really tough when, like, say, when they're uh, down there in the goal line. You would think the dude was a linebacker because how tough he'd be in that, you know, in that uh, red zone area. So definitely deserves to be on this list. I just love the way he goes about playing every Sunday. You know, that's another thing. He hardly uh, misses any games. Like I said, I know you guys got to deal with him twice a year. He's I, I really do think he's going to be a problem coming up. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's move into our top three. Number three spot is Derwin James. Henry, why does he deserve to be in our top ten? Derwin deserves to be in this top ten because of when you you saw how the Chargers defense was without him this past season. Exactly. It really was like a whole uh, another team. We saw him how great he was his uh, rookie year. Uh, I know the Ravens, we were talking about drafting him, but, of course, we traded back and got a Hayden Hurst and LJ. You know, I'm not going to complain about that. But, man, he is 100% a difference maker. Coming out of Florida State, he was all over the yeah. field when he was over there playing. Uh, then coming into the league, pretty much did the same thing because he's that's how versatile he is. I even see them sometimes that when they play him at linebacker because they know what type of uh, play that, you know, the opposing team is going to be coming with. Great guy when he's uh, covering covering tight ends. I know he gave Mark Andrews some fits uh, his rookie year. He even they even had him spy LJ sometime and was giving LJ some problems. Very very versatile. I love how he's very physical at the point of attack. He is crazy because when he's uh, out there in coverage, you would think the dude was a wide receiver because he knows how to high point the ball just like a wide receiver does. So for him to come into the league and make an impact just like that. Then the following year, you know, he had that, you know, injury in the offseason and, of course, wasn't able to play. I want well, maybe like the first seven, eight, whatever uh, games it was. But you just saw how bad the defense was when he wasn't there. Then it just mm-hmm. seemed like, oh, yeah, we got Derby back. Yeah, we we, we all fit a turn up now. It's like he has that presence on that mm-hmm. defense, that, they, that their confidence of the rest of his team is it's like they all shoot up. And, man, I, I, I'll do what you're raving, but, of course, I'm happy with my quarterback. It's, of course, I'll take a quarterback over at safety. But, yeah, Durin, absolutely. He'd be th- top three in this list. And, honestly, we'll see next year. I think he probably can dethrone, staying healthy, the number one guy in this list. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the key thing right there that, that worried me about him. Uh, yeah, he, he had the injury last year. You know, he only played – but five games last year and whatnot. And I think what get me is the Chargers are known for having injuries within that team, whether it's the defense, offense, whatever it is. So that's the only thing that really get me 
I know he, I think he, he came back. I think everything checks out. He's pretty much ready to go. So hopefully he can stay good on the health side. He'll be ready to go. And, you know, like you guys said, I know me and Jordan, we, we talked about it on the chat uh, a couple was yesterday, a couple days ago and whatnot. And we was talking about, I was talking about how good he is. I was talking about how good he is on a great defense. Not that the Chargers had a great defense last year. It was more so of the players that play on that team. And for him to be able to come in there and to be able to play as good as he has amongst other players that also play real good says a lot about him and says a lot about the first player that we're going to bring up too later on in this, in this top 10. But yeah, he's a hard hitter. Uh, you know, even when he makes his ta- even his tackles, you know, it's a hard tackles. You don't, you don't hear that too much, but when he makes his tackles, even his tackles is, is hard, is like a hard tackle. Very good in coverage, man. Um, can play in the box. He's versatile. He kind of remind me of Jamal Adams. When you talk about the point of the attack, you know, the ball carrier, you know, so he definitely deserved to be on this list. He's one of those, you know, normally QBs, they don't really, sometimes they avoid throwing to one side. You don't hear that as much now because this, this is a passing league and because, you know, you really could just throw to any side and these coaches, they come up with these different schemes. But QBs still avoid to throw to his side. I mean, that's how good he is. Try, they try not to throw to wherever he's at. You know, you see that uh, when you're watching his tape and you're watching the, the QB play against, uh, play against him and whatnot. And Henry brought up a good point about the defense, you know, when he comes, when he comes to, when he comes and he's playing on that defense, you see the whole team rally behind him, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see him, they're a better defense with him on there, you know, so shout out to Derwin James. It's funny that you brought, you brought up about y'all thought about drafting him. Well, guess who else thought about drafting him? Bro. We thought about about drafting him. We decided decided not to. We We went with Colton Miller. You know, it is what it is, man. Um, but, yeah, Derwin James definitely deserved to be on this list. It's going to be tough next year because we talked about Justin Simmons. We talked about, uh, you know, obviously Derwin James. There's a couple other guys that I'm sure the, the listeners already know who we're going to bring up. It's going to be close on who gets in the top three next year. We got two of the top – two of the top right now in the top four are in the, a- in, 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 in the AFC West – and the other two or in the AFC and the other two's in it in the, in the, oh no, the other one's in the AFC too. So yeah, the AFC is dominating. But anyway, yeah, man, he definitely deserved to be on this list. Yeah, just just we got uh, sorry, sorry, George. Just want to add a one thing. Just to add on to what you're saying, Josiah. Yeah, y'all divisions got some some great safety. Y'all might got one too with Jonathan Abram when he when he comes back. So it's yeah. it's it's uh if he could be anything close to Derwin James and I'll, I'll be okay. Cause Colton Miller, we're not going to, we're not going to get into him. Maybe I'll talk about him during the, he <laughs> during in the top the, 10 uh, lineman show. <laughs> he in that one. <laughs> well, look, when he, when we talk, when we talk about the old lineman, I'll, I'll, I'll bring him up some type of way, but he did have a good season last he year. Improved. <laughs> don't, he don't bring him up in the top 10. <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm going to bring him, you know, he might be an honorable mention. He mentioned. <laughs> I got a little biasness. But yeah, man, now we uh yeah, hopefully Jonathan Abrams can, you know, turn out to be close to a Derwin James or a Justin Simmons. And if that's the case, I feel a little bit better having Cole Miller over Derwin James. I did my my first like, okay, I'm gonna actually kind of mock out the first round, like write down names, not just kind of think who I have going or like actually write it down and see what it's doing, right? I remember I mocked him to Tampa Bay that year. And they were drafting fifth, right? And I was like, that's okay. That's where he's going. Set it and forget it. 
Then on draft day, he's fallen and he's fallen. And I was like, there's no way he's making it past Miami. Miami took Minka. I'm like, all right, well, shoot. We got like two picks until he arrives with us. And then, and then I can't remember who picked before us. And then I was like, <gasps> and I'm screaming at the TV. I'm scre- I'm standing in my room. Darwin, right. Darwin, 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 right? Just, just like yelling at it. And my son comes downstairs, dad, what are you doing? And I'm like, Darwin, Darwin, I'm pacing back and forth. And they say Colton Miller. <laughs> Bro, and then to see this dude go to the, another AFC West team and then make the All-Pro squad, get Rookie of the Year, and to be deployed as this like Swiss army knife on their defense. And then I would go watch his All-22 and like, bro, this dude is so versatile. And I honestly think with watching as much All-22 on him as I did, if he doesn't have that stress fracture in his foot that he had before the 2019 season started, I honestly think he would be he would have got probably my number one. I mean, granted, that's all speculation because he didn't play. That's why I put him on my personal list at two. Yeah, but too, the yeah. the thing with him is that when when the season first started in 2018 and they had Jaleel Adai at free safety. And I remember they were playing against the Niners, right? And Derwin was primarily in the box playing strong. Jaleel Adai was playing free. And Kittle was just tearing them apart Jaleel Adai could not remotely stick with Kittle on like deep post routes they were running that cover three that uh they had brought over for like Bradley brought over from Seattle and Adai could not function as that single high safety just wasn't fast enough right that's why that cover three only worked because they had Earl Thomas for so long well but then on certain plays when they went against the Chiefs they switched this up and on certain plays, they would have Derwin being that deep cover guy. And there was this one play they drew up, which was a deep shot to DeAnthony Thomas. Shout out my Oregon Ducks, where they get they get Derwin matched up on him one on one, and Derwin run all the way downfield, bat the ball away in the middle of the end zone, and they didn't test him again for the rest of that entire game. And just his ability to function as a deep field safety, deep Rome center fielder. Coming out of Florida State, running in the four fours while also weighing 215 pounds. There's only one other safety in the league that blitzes better than him, and that's Jamal Adams. But Durbin's even Durbin's ability, and I noticed this when watching the All 22 when we would play against him, Josiah. We he would be lined up as like literally like on the edge, as like a basically in the alignment of an outside linebacker, right? Yeah. And he would be on the right side of the offense, right? We would call a run left. And this dude would still make a tackle in the backfield like numerous times. His ability to do that and then his ability to blitz, his ability to just go get picked. He is the like he has the most length. Him and Simmons have the most length. And God damn it, John Gruden. Now we got three of these top 10 safeties in the AFC West between the Honey Badger, Simmons and Derwin. Crazy. Right. And I. I want to just really be like them dudes. We I I can't because Derwin really pops, and like I said, honestly, he I would have had him number one most likely if we saw a full season. But it was the only thing that was holding him back was that stress fracture because his play to really impact it as a pass rusher, as a tackler, like Henry, you said he plays linebacker. When they went against you guys his rookie year in the playoffs, and they were deploying those seven DBs out there, he was a linebacker the whole entire time, whole entire game. And was able to function very well at that. And unless you have a dude who is as versatile and as effective in so many phases of the game as Derwin is, God, man, I cry at night sometimes thinking he could have been a Raider. 
Oh, bro. Yeah. This <laughs> stuff. So let's move on to our number two spot. Recently traded from the Jets to the Seahawks, Jamal Adams. Why does he deserve to be in our top ten, Josiah? Look, I had Jamal Adams number one. I think I was probably the only one that had him number one on my list. He's just – well, first of all, let me get into the trade. The trade – I felt like at one point – well, when I first seen I'm like, man, that's that's too much. Because we talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago about about Jamal Adams and possibly going to the Ravens. And then Jordan brought up the the Seattle Seahawks. Right. You know, we talked about if we would give up a first round. And I know all of us was like, oh, maybe not, maybe not, you know, whatever – but two first rounds is like, man. And I guess because as a fan, I don't really like, you know, I mean, I like I like when my team keeps the picks. You know, I don't really care for giving up high picks. I think I did say on that podcast that Jamal Adams is probably one I would give up a first round pick to. But two first round picks, man, that's tough. I think it's then a hell no. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But then you think about who gave up the two first round picks. John Snyder, and we've been clowning him for at least I don't know how many episodes and the Seattle Seahawks and whatnot and the way they draft. So they can't draft nobody in the first round that's talented to save their lives. So two first-round picks, Jamal Adams. You know, the third-round pick might be more valuable to Seattle than these first round <laughs> So, you know, uh, good pick, um, good trade for both of them. I do like what the Jets – and, again, going to the Jets, I like what they got. You know, they've been, they've been solid as far as their picks in the first round. So, anyway, let's get into him. His point of attack is amazing, man. I love the way Greg Williams used him over there with the Jets. I think he was, I mean, he just, he can do it all. It's not one thing he really cannot do. You know, he don't play the coverage. He don't play coverage as much. But when he's asked to play coverage, he does just that. He's a great leader. Uh, He gets his team fired up, which is also what I like. He's also a shit talker. He does that pretty well. He plays a high IQ. And um, his disguises is really well. You know, he recognizes where the QB wants to go, you know, with the ball and whatnot. Um, I don't know. He's 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 the great. He to me, and he's also one of my favorite players in the league. You know, and I, I think Seattle getting him. You know, I talked about this with Cordy. They're really trying to rebuild that Legion of Boom. You know, they they got something close to they they got a player that's close to that as far as with that rebuild. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he's going to do really good over there in Seattle. Um, he's another guy. He's the only one in my opinion. The other one, I feel like, has more help. It's not to take away anything because that's to his advantage, but it's disadvantage in this top 10, my personal top list. But Jamal Adams could take over games, man. You know, he can take over games. Obviously, he did that versus us. You know, you could say, well, you know, the Rays weren't that good last year. During that time, we was, and we was riding high. You know, we I think we were 6-4 and four at that time. You know, and the Jets, they were coming off a couple wins. If you go back and you watch the All-22 on those games, he was single-handedly taking over plays versus the New York Giants. He was doing the same thing versus Brandy's team against the Redskins. Redskins, And he took over the Oakland game, literally. I, I mean, he. It, I almost want to say, you know, if it wasn't for Jamal Adams, we probably would have won that game. Oh, I don't know about that, bro. He was everywhere, bro. He was everywhere. He was and I feel like but really we – Keep he, sma- he smashed on Josh Jacobs. He smashed on Derek Carr. It was to the point where you know how you know how Derek Carr can get. You know, once you kind of get into his mind and his head, that offense is dead. Mm-hmm. 
that offense is completely dead after that. And I feel like that's exactly what he did. We could talk about Greg Williams and say, well, you know, Greg Williams is good with blitzes. That's true. But John Gruden, if you go back and look when Greg when Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator over there in Cleveland, John Gruden's offense ate that that defense up. I mean, and if you go back and look when John Gruden's offenses has played in the past, they did pretty well versus Greg Williams. But la- last year and him using Jamal Adams the way, because you know he's the best blitzer on this list, you know. So I, he just takes over games, man. So shout out to him. Shout out to Seattle, Riley, and whoever else is a Seattle fan, man. Y'all got a really good one. Yeah, you got, you know, you brought the trade. <laughs> you know, you did you did make a good point. It's like, yeah, I mean, Snyder doesn't hit on his first round pick, but that just shows they know the dude is trash at making picks, but he's still the GM, which right. I don't get. It makes no sense, but I wouldn't have gave up to uh, first round pick. That's like that's what you do with a quarterback. You know what I mean? That's what I, just, no, I, I I'll talk about that. I'll talk about no, it. Yeah. You, you got something to say? Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what I was telling CJ. Me and CJ was having a discussion in the chat. That's why I say I'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. can go on for me. Yeah, that, anyway. that's, that's what you do with the quarterback. Unless you're a safety on like Ed Reed's type of level, I will understand right. two first-round picks. And, right. and Jamal Adams is great, but that's just not, not too much for me, too much for me. Um, but talk about his play, yeah, Josiah, you brought up a lot of great points. He does. He is great at disguising. Um, I was watching some of his film, I want to say a couple of days ago. Man, you just can't help but love that play he did versus the Giants when he literally snatched the ball mm-hmm. away and scored a yeah. touchdown. And he, and the, dude he went, yeah. the dude he went through was Saquon Barkley. Saquon's pretty solid at a, run, mm-hmm. at a pass blocking. Went right through right. Saquon and took that ball and scored a touchdown. I've seen him put guards on the ground. The dude is physical, physical, yeah. physical safety. From LSU, you know, he's over there balling. And, yes, yeah, Seattle, they just get a, a all-pro safety. He's, I think they're going to play – He's gonna. they're going to use him. I pretty much going to think that he's going to be the, the Cam Chancellor uh, for them. And we, we remember how great Cam Chancellor was uh, right. for, that, for, that, for that secondary. Man, he was, he was an enforcer. And I think Jamal Adams can be that same enforcer for that defense. So – Definitely deserves to be on this list. Definitely deserves to be in the top two. Josiah, you have a great argument. I put him number one. I, I, it's very, very debatable. Very debatable. So he, next year we could probably have him at number one, but number two, I think it's gonna be tough. Next year we talked about the other two. It's it's, it's gonna be yeah. The, the race year. is gonna be close. I feel like the race is gonna be close. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be a, a big spread at all. I think it's definitely gonna be close. So, but I just also love. How he, as soon as he stepped into that Jets organization, he became an instant leader. You would see mm-hmm. veteran guys was looking up to him. Um, so I think this coming year, he's fueled, I believe, a lot, especially with this trade. Especially, you know, he's been talking about wanting to be the highest uh, paid safety. So I think he's going to play like it. I think he's going to put in the work in to be it. So, yeah, definitely watch out for Jamal out of this season. Jamal is like you guys brought up great points about him. And I guess we my my take on the trade too is it's funny. The other night I was rewatching the remake of 310 to Yuma, that movie with That's Christian right. Bale, right? There's a line in the middle of the movie or in like the beginning of the movie where they say that it only the biggest of men can at sometimes admit how small they are. Basically meaning you have to be very knowledgeable, very self-aware and comfortable in yourself to be able to admit your flaws. 
Schneider, I think, pulling this trigger is exactly that. And I think that literally, I mean, look, I can't draft. I got to face facts. Let me go get this proven commodity with these things that I don't know how to do with what. So he got rid of them and got that proven commodity. Now, I think with him there paired with Quandre Diggs, this gives them the second, third, no lower than third. I'd probably say second best safety tandem in the NFL, right? And yes, he's going to fit into that Cam Chancellor mold. And him as a player, you said this, you said this, Josiah, he is the best blitzing safety in the league. And it's really to me, that's like the only other person who comes close anymore is Derwin James. But I do think Jamal is better at that than him simply because you brought this up, Henry. He will take on, he will take on guards. And there was a play against uh, the Bears, shout out Gibson, where they pulled, I think it was uh, Cody Whitehair around the edge. And Jamal lifted this dude off of his feet, right? The play ended up, like the running back ended up bouncing inside, but he cleaned this dude, just lifted him off of his feet and then like flexed on him. Like, bro, if you're a safety doing that to an offensive lineman, that's that's why he is so valuable. He's very much around the ball. Six and a half sacks as a safety. Number one pass, pass rush grade from a safety. Warranted very much. PFF gave him that. Gave him that. The reason why I don't have why I had him third, and I do say he is in the elite tier of safeties right now. But the one thing he does not that I have not seen in the NFL is him be that deep center fielder, rangy type of guy. Now there could be two reasons to this. One, that's probably not what he's best suited at because he is so ferocious around the line of scrimmage, around the ball, blitzing, playing in the run game, manning up on tight ends. Right. And also because the Jets have Marcus May as their other safety, who the only thing you want to do with him is have him play center fielder. So but but nonetheless, still, you watch his tape. The dude is always in the box. That's his that's what he excels at. That's what he does the most out of all these people on on our countdown. He's the only guy that didn't have snap counts in the 300s at free safety he's playing in the box like 450 snaps over the course that he plays in the slot more than that he plays on the defensive line just as much as he does play as a quote-unquote free safety and if i had jamal i'm putting him out there on the defensive line because when you look at like when you're making your when offenses are deciding their personnel groupings, right, and you see Jamal in the huddle and they're basically like, all right, that's a safety. And then you trot him out there and he lines up as a pass rusher. You're like, it's going to confuse your protection schemes because you know how beastly of a blitzer he is. And he's very, very good at disguising when he blitzes because he can line up over the tight end and make it seem like he's playing man Mm -hmm. and then shoot inside or stunt around one of the D tackles. He's so good at that. And I love his attention to detail. And he has a really dope film session episode where he talks about noticing guards, putting their weight forward, getting white knuckled, or he notices splits, which could indicate one thing or another. Very much a student of the game and has not rested on his laurels up until now. And I don't think he will after he gets that contract. I only think it's going to fuel him anymore, even even more. And those 12s annoy the hell out of me up here in the Pacific Northwest. They really do. And they're going to get louder. With Jamal being there, but hey, I can't say they're wrong too because the dude is a difference maker. Yeah. Definitely. Let's move into our number one spot. Harrison Smith. Jordan, why is he not only just in our top 10, but why is he number one? 
For me, when I first started watching the All-22 tape, and uh, you'd be able to watch a coach's film and understanding what coverages are and, you know, all the football nerd stuff. My favorite defense to watch was Mike Zimmer. And at that time, it was also I also like to watch what uh, what Seattle was doing when they had their Legion of Boom. But with Harrison Smith's ability and his comfort within that Mike Zimmer defense, he is literally the I think he's number one. He was number one on my personal list. And I believe he is number one because he is the versatile guy and has been for so long. 530 snaps at free safety. Over 100 snaps playing in the slot. Over 100 snaps playing on the D-line. Over 300 snaps playing in the box. The guy can has shown over time that he is an effective blitzer. I think that part of his game's lost him a little bit over time. Mm-hmm. But still, just I love his ability because a lot of safeties, or a lot of uh, quarterbacks, I mean, when they approach the line of scrimmage and they're scanning the defense and trying to figure out, all right, what are they doing here? That a lot of that starts with your safety look. If you got a single high safety, that's most likely cover one or cover three. If you got a split safety look, you got two high safeties, that's most likely cover four, quarters coverage, cover two, or is it cover two man under? And then you kind of go from there. Harrison knows this. And he toys with quarterbacks' reads so much. And you'll see him like run into the box, line up on the edge. Quarterback will see him there. Check, 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 check. And then go to the audible. And then Harrison will still sit there. And then just before the snap comes, because he's so familiar with what these quarterbacks do, he drops back. The whole rest of the defense shifts. Quarterback snaps it. Doesn't even know what he's looking at. Right? He can do it in terms of like playing the run always has TFLs, always has sacks, always has picks. And then to watch his ability to pass off coverage at the deep ranges, in the intermediate ranges, there throughout his career, there's really something. He's never shown a weak point. Very, 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 very rarely ever misses tackles and will just knock the hell out of someone who comes in his range. That's why he got the nickname Hitman Harry for so long. Mm-hmm. And you know, come. I always like to. I always think that certain players with Notre Dame have been overrated, and I didn't want to think that in 2012 with him coming out, and he's proved that not to be the case. Woo-hoo. Harrison Smith, I would still have as the number one safety in the NFL right now because of what he did last season and has done for his whole entire body of work. Yeah, yeah. The only reason why I didn't have him number one is because I, you know, when I think of, you know, when you think of the Vikings, <clears throat> you think of their dominating defense. And they have so many great players over there on the defense. You know, I can't say that he's single. And I and and I mean, you know, you can have the argument of him being a better cover safety than Jamal Adams, which I would agree with that, just because Jamal Adams doesn't do it as much. You know, Greg Williams used him more in the blitz because he's better, you know, better at the blitz and whatnot. At least we think he is, because he's played it so much and did excelled at it and played it so well. But Harrison Smith, you know, when you talk about when you talk about Harrison Smith, you do think of somebody that can do it all. And I wouldn't put up too much of an argument, him being number one. Um, like I said, you know, I don't I, I can't say he's taken over games, but he's definitely been a highlight of that defense for years, you know, and that says a lot because a lot of those great players on that Vikings defense come from their linebackers in that defensive line, you know, and but he's still he he is the highlight of that defense. His pass coverage is is pretty good, you know. Um, his disguises, he's probably the best at disguising, you know. Jamal Jamal Adams, you know, I, I think his disguises is better when you when you around the box. But see, Harrison Smith can do it in the box and he could drop down and, and do it downfield in coverage. And that's what he's done more 
than Jamal Adams did. You know, so I could I could see why you guys would have number one. Uh, you know, he knows how to track the ball really, really well. That's what helps him with his interceptions. He's also he doesn't have, and, and maybe you know, I, I, he doesn't have like real top end speed. But I think because he knows how to disguise himself well and he knows what the QB is going to do, he puts himself in that position to be able to be right there with the wide receiver or the tight end or whatever that may be. So he and that that goes credit to his his IQ, you know, uh-huh. um, he you know when, when you're lacking something, you know, and you you don't have it, you use other things to be able to help yourself in, in that game to be able to do other, use other things in your game to be able to help you out. And that's what he's done. He's done it at a, at a high level for years. You know, uh, he's also a captain on that defense. There's times when you see him come down in a box and he'll call plays and whatnot, call the defensive plays, getting the defensive linemen and linebackers lined up. So yeah, he definitely deserved to be on this list. Uh, you know, again, he's, he's been pretty consistent. He's played in just about every game. You know, he's, he was out in 2013 for the most part. He's missed a couple games outside of that after that but other than that man Harrison Smith is he's a dog man he definitely deserved to be on this list and I think there's not it's only one year and you talk about interceptions as well it's only one year where he didn't have an interception every other year outside of that he's had an interception two or more in the last three years he's had three or more interceptions and the same goes for sacks too same goes for sacks yeah same with sacks same with sacks well in sacks yeah he had one one season where he didn't have any sacks but every season outside of that He's had, you know, a sack in either a sack and a half, you know, or higher or, or whatever. You know, he's had he's had that. So shout out to him. He definitely deserved to be on this list. Probably the most consistent safety on this list. And yeah, he deserved to be on here. Yeah, definitely the most consistent safety. Jordan, Josiah, you guys brought up pretty much pretty much all the points that I was gonna bring up. How great play recognition that he has. You know, he, he, when you watch him, you can always see he's talking, uh Helping his guys out, helping his guys get it, you know the best position for them to ha- be successful on, on that play. I just love the way that he always, since coming from Notre Dame, I remember when that, that pick happened from Notre Dame. I remember they traded back into the first round to get him, and I remember a lot of people questioned it, but he has proved uh, more than proved that 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 pick was viable for them to trade back into the first round to get him. You know, you just got to love how he's great in run support for the run defense. He's also great in pass coverage as well. Lines up great against the tight ends. Um, Josiah, you actually, you know, from what you, all the stuff you were saying, you kind of maybe want to reconsider maybe I should pick oh, number one. <laughs> number one, because you made some really, really good points. Because, yeah, uh, Harrison plays with a lot of great players on that defense as mm-hmm. well. He, he really does. Uh, you know, he got a great middle linebacker. He got some great pass rushers. He absolutely does. What does Jamal Adams have on that defense? You know, you know, the seat. Yeah, right. we thought Quentin Williams was going to do some his rookie year. That didn't happen. Um, right. So you know, we thought Leonard Leonard Williams was going to be something. They traded him away. So right. it's, yeah, you made some very very valid points. Yeah, you know what? Let me just say one thing before you finish. I just want to say one thing. So what I was I was trying to get to. I think I kind of said it was. It, I think the debate with me would come down to. Jamal Adams seeing him take over games and literally win games for his team mm-hmm. and not have that talent that he has on his team versus Harrison Smith, somebody that has better pass covering skills and he could do it in the box. You know, so that so I went with the guy that I've seen literally, you know, take over 
games back to back to back, the three games that I mentioned. But keep going. But yeah, then going back to, to Jordan's point, you know, Jordan, you you know, you said that because uh, you know he doesn't have a lot of snaps at free safety. Um, you know, then again, we can't say that about Harrison because you know of the other players that he has around him. But like I said, you know, Jamal doesn't have closely to the amount of uh, defensive talent around him. And I don't know. Another thing, you know, organization structure matters. The Jets is abysmal. They're 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 horrible. We we we've seen it now. We've seen it for years. Hopefully, things can get turned around over there. But uh, Minnesota has been pretty pretty structural over there. So, yeah, yeah you, you you brought up some great points, Jay. You really can't. I might have to put uh, Jamal number one myself, honestly. You but can't we? Can't we? Can't, I mean, it's easy. It's, if you got the All-22 tape and you understand the game, you can separate individual contribution from team success. Like, we can see Jamal balling and the Jets' defense as a whole being bad and recognize that Jamal is elite. Like, right. that, that's totally doable. Like regardless of, of their wins or losses, sure, whatever. And and as you mentioned, Josiah, yeah, Jamal was balling earlier when you were talking about Jamal. Jamal was balling in that Raider game. And mm-hmm. the offense couldn't move the ball because of that. Sam Darnold was through over like 300 yards. We could not stop them on offense. We could not stop them on that. So it's like, that's why they went and won. They dropped like, I think it was like 35 points at halftime or something like that. Like it was crazy. And the offense was just moving the ball. Like the defense wasn't even out there. So, like, my my thing with, with Harrison is for so long, even when when Kendricks wasn't having all pro type level of seasons in 2017, right? And Anthony Barr was possibly on the trading block, and Anthony Harris wasn't even on that defense in 2017. Harrison Smith was killing it. Like, still killing it, making the all pro team, five picks, multiple sacks, seven tackles for losses. And then it's those things that Harrison does that don't show up on the snap sheet or on the stat sheet, like splitting the difference as a deep center fielder when you have two separate routes coming at you, and the quarterback just says, "No, nah, I'm gonna throw elsewhere," right? And that goes out of the that goes out of the play. When you watch on broadcast, you're gonna see Jamal Moore just because of where he's at and around the ball. But when you watch on twenty all twenty two is where Harrison's value really shines through, and, and that's just why I got him there. But to me. If you got if you got any one of the dudes we got in the top three at number one, I would say I disagree, but I can't say you're wrong. You know what I mean? I cannot say you're wrong to have Jamal at number one. I get it. He is elite. Right. He is a game changer. Same with Derwin. He is elite. Yeah. He is a game changer. All three of these guys, it just comes to preference as to who you want at number one within these top three. Right. I agree with you. I agree agreeing. with that. Yeah. I was just gonna say we just gotta remember too, you know, and it's not to take away nothing from Harrison Smith, you know, it's 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 not to take anything away. We just gotta remember too those offenses that the that the Vikings play, those offenses they have to re- they they know there's other players on that team they have to worry about. They have to worry about that pass rush coming up the middle. They gotta worry about that pass rush coming from the side. They gotta worry about the linebackers. They gotta worry about the the other safety over there that we just talked about in the top ten. And, again, it's not to take away nothing from that. When you think about the Jets, it's really one guy, you know. I mean, it's, and, and to me, that's a little bit more impressive. But you can – I mean, like I said, you you could talk, I talked about Harrison Smith. I brought up how, well, you know, for him to be a highlight of a defense with that many stars, that's impressive. That goes to his advantage. But when I talk – when I think about Jamal Adams and a guy literally that just single-handedly took over games by itself, is imagine him being on the Vikings. I think you know we got to think it's, it's different schemes too. 
You know, would he be able to do the same thing Harrison Smith could do over there if Zimmer was putting him in that position? Yeah, I think he could. Why not? But Greg Williams don't play that type of style of defense. He blitzes pr- probably just as much as Todd Bowles. They're probably the top two blitzers, defensive coordinators in the league. I mean, he loves to blitz. Why take away that if the guy is great at doing it? You know, but either or, they're both great players. So, you know, wouldn't put up too much of an argument. Yeah, either way, I would, you know, you can't go wrong with those picks. For me personally, it was consistency. It came down to consistency. I I think a reliable player is so, so valuable in the league. Um, not to mention he came from Notre Dame, so, you know, a little biased there. But what he's doing on the field, definitely the consistency stood out to me which is why I can see him at that number one spot. Um, Do you guys have any uh, honorable mentions that you would like to discuss before we go? We mentioned him a little bit earlier, but Earl Thomas needs like his own little, just like at least his own little shout out personally, because now I mean, collectively we all know his value and the injuries have kind of caught up with him. He was asked to do actually a lot more different stuff underneath Wink Martindale Absolutely. than he did before. When he was with Seattle, he, he was that. He's, that's all yeah, he, he was deep center fielder strictly. But like towards his end of the time there, they had him playing a little bit more man coverage because people really started to figure out that cover three a lot more. And so they had him playing a little bit more man. But what Wink did with him last year especially was have him as much more of an attacker. And Earl's always just been very tough. And, and he is... Earl's going to one day go to the Hall of Fame when he retires. Mm-hmm. He will. I don't know if anyone else right now has landed themselves a Hall of Fame spot. I think the only other two guys that are like we could have that debate would be Harrison Smith and Devin McCourty on this list as far as just success over time. A lot of these other guys, we need to see them do what they've done up to now and then some because it's you know it's the collective career. But yeah, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas definitely as he set the bar for what it means to be a deep center fielder safety. And that whole Legion of Boom isn't going to be one of the best all-time defenses they were unless it was for Earl Thomas. Yeah, Very true. Mine would be the same. Mine would be uh, Earl Thomas and Eddie Jackson. You know, I, I was back and forth with Earl Thomas and Marcus Williams. I think what <sighs> – the ceiling obviously is higher right now for Marcus Williams because he's younger. Um, but that's where I went to, so I'm thinking he might, he could have a better season next year. It's hard for me to say that because I love Earl Thomas. Again, he's he's one of my favorite players in the league, you know. But I just went off of his latest. Now, last year he played just about all his games. He only missed one game. But you look at the three years prior to that, he's missed a lot of games. So I think my concern goes with the injuries with him and Marcus Williams being able to overcome what his big mistake and have a pretty good season last year and then going into this season, you know. So that that's I was back and forth on that 10 spot. We'll, we'll obviously we'll drop the personal top 10s, but that's why I edged out Marcus Williams and then Eddie Jackson and like Jordan brought up he he had that dip last year, but you know, I wouldn't be mad if somebody had him 10th. I mean, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be mad if somebody had him 10th. Any HMs for you, Henry? Uh, 
No, you got to brought the two. Eddie Jackson, Earl. Trey Boston. Yeah, Trey, Trey Boston. Like I said, Trey Boston overrated. <laughs> That's the overrated dude right there. That's the overrated dude. Well, should have brought the well, How about Kevin Bayard? Is he an honorable man? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Trey, Trey Boston or Kevin Bayard, Henry? Trey, I, I, he got Trey. Trey. He said, yeah, he's at Trey. Yeah. He said yeah. it in his bank. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, I mean, I mean it. That's how, yeah, man, I respect it. That's why. Well, anyway, yeah. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements. Coverzeropodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like us by supporting our Facebook page. You can find us at Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide. And if you want more exclusive content, feel free by clicking join when you want into the SSAW family by typing in Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide Group. See you next week.